0: This episode is brought to you by ProMensal.
1: Can we talk about the bedroom? Because I think that this is really, really important. It just becomes something that is not spoken about and both couples go to bed with the 90 and the pyjamas on and they just don't talk about it and then they realise it's been months.
0: Welcome to Thriving in Menopause, brought to you by Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Duvall and I'm the editor of Prevention. This episode was inspired by a regular listener who told us she really wished her husband would listen to the series so he'd have a better understanding of what she was really going through. But she said, I know he doesn't have the patience to listen to the entire thing. Maybe you could make just one episode dedicated to the partners in our lives. So this is it. An episode to either listen to together or to get your partner to hear by themselves, because it could just be a game changer for your relationship. Today, I'm joined by one of this podcast's favourite guests, GP and menopause expert, Dr Ginny Mansberg. Her book, The M Word, is a bible of menopause guidance. We love Dr Ginny because she pulls snow punches. So settle in for some straight talking. I'm going to jump right in the deep end and read out two letters from men who just listened to an ABC program about menopause. The first said, Now I hear this, I feel really bad because I feel this contributed to our marriage breakdown. Another said, it's very hard to live with the rage. Add in a complete loss of libido in someone you used to love and it's no wonder marriages fail.
1: Oh, this is big. It is and it's actually the peak time for relationship breakdown and divorce of a woman's life. And it's it is really complex and it's really easy to just pick the entire basket of everything up and shove it on hormones and say she's got rage, she's got insomnia, she's got anxiety, her libido's gone walkabout and that's the whole thing. And the poor hapless other person, so whether it's another woman or a man or another person, um, is just sitting there falling foul of his partner's b- hormones. It is far more complex and far more nuanced than that. And you often see women hit a confidence cliff, for sure. They lose confidence in their ability to work. They lose their ability to converse and really trust that they're going to actually say stuff that makes sense. But at the same time, sexual relationships often that haven't been great, But it's not that frequently happening, you know, when you've got little children around. There are a lot of reasons why couples don't have sex. When you throw hormones into the mix of an already not amazing soup, things can be problematic there as well. And that is where men can really improve. So what do you suggest men do to bring the emotional temperature down and to keep the marriage alive? So I think men are innate fixers. They want to fix everything. You've got a hot flush. I'll fix your hot flush. I'll just tell you to go to the doctor and sort yourself out. You're irrational. I'll just tell you you're irrational, which will be very helpful to you, and you can just go to the doctor and sort yourself out. All of that will not go down well. You'll be really surprised to know. And the best thing that any person can say, man, woman, or anybody else is, how can I help? Because if you ask the person how can they help, then you're actually getting involved and prepared to be part of the heavy lifting. And that's really, really important. It's also asking the other person, what do you think you need? And is there anything I could be doing to be part of the solution? In terms of relationships, this can be really hard because sometimes people do really feel like, oh, I'm just getting clobbered here for no reason. But I think it is really good to come at this with empathy and understand that for women, this is the peak time of particularly anxiety but also depression for a woman so one in three women will go through this as listeners to this podcast know it is super common and definitely hormones are involved and there's a particular type of depression and anxiety that happens particularly around perimenopause and yet rage is a really big part of it and so often though she feels really bad about it afterwards but if you cobber her And she's going to go from feeling really terrible and contrite and wanting to build bridges to really angry and defensive. So maybe don't hurl accusations, but maybe be supportive and say, how can I help? I know in your book, Ginny, you've got some interesting
0: tips for bringing the temperature down. For example, leave the house, walk away from the situation, disengage sometimes I also feel that if someone was to say to me, um, what do you want? I would go,
1: I don't know what I want. I think that's so true, but at least it is telling the other person that you want to be part of the solution as opposed to go get yourself sorted out. This is your issue. You're being irrational. I don't want to have anything to do with you. So at least it's being collaborative and it'll be heard in that sense. In terms of, you know, going the next level saying, hey, do you think it would help to go to the doctor? Do you want me to come with you? because that would be really helpful. The other thing is, yeah, sometimes you're just going to have to go and take up golf and have some other <laughs> independent <laughs> hobbies, which can be good. But can we talk about the bedroom? Because I think that this is really, Please really do. important. Yeah. So we know that in other mammals, healthy sex is actually modelled because it's done in front of everybody. It's done in front of the herd. So from the time that a baby chimpanzee or cow or chicken is born or cat. It works out that this is what is meant to happen. And this is how adults do it. Baby humans, teenage humans don't actually ever get that information. It's incredibly private. And we somehow have bought into the fairy tale that some virginal girl who's been locked away, whether it's in a tower or behind a thicket of thorns, you know, and all of a sudden will wake up, virginity intact and that some amazing prince on a shining horse, all-knowing in the bedroom department, is going to come and educate her and show her everything that sex and love can be. And transform her into a lusty woman. Correct. Only for him, of course. But in reality, men are not actually born with the innate ability and knowledge of how to pleasure women, and increasingly men are getting that from porn, which quite frankly, is a terrible teacher of healthy sex. Um, most women do not enjoy anal sex with three men at the same time. You'll be surprised to know. Most women do not have an orgasm by giving oral sex to a man. That's actually not how women really achieve sexual nirvana. And yet that's where men are being educated and some women as well. And we are need to be more empowered and we women need to ask for what we want. And that can be really confronting because you feel like a hoe when you do that. We women have been told that to be lusty at all, even with your partner, is to be, let's face it, a bit of a slut. And we've got to get past that. And the way to start actually is probably going to be in masturbation. Um, rather than shunning that, I don't know if any women here talk about masturbation with their girlfriends or their mothers. I'm guessing not. Um, most women I know don't. Um, but it's a pretty good place to start to work out This is what this feels like. These are all the bits. This is what feels good. This was definitely doesn't. This is what definitely doesn't feel good. And then you are in a position to actually share that, you know, you can do that as gently and as tactfully as you can with your partner. We'll
0: be right back after this. Perimenopause can actually start in your 40s. Declining estrogen production during perimenopause brings on changes to menstrual cycles and often the onset of hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings, and sexual problems. Promencal Peri is specifically designed for perimenopausal women and can help relieve these common menopausal symptoms. Promencal Peri is available at leading pharmacies across Australia and offers a cost-effective treatment at under $1 a day. When things start to change, try ProMansal Perry. Always read the label
1: and follow the directions for use. Okay, we're back. They need to learn that the sexual act does not have an end point that involves their orgasm. So it's not a race to the finish line with the end of sex being a male orgasm. There are several things that constitute happy sex. And if you can create, if you can focus on your partner's sexual well-being by asking her, what do you prefer, this or this? How would it make you feel better? How about we slow the entire act down and let's see if we can focus on your pleasure for a bit or just touching that's really, really important because women don't go from zero to 100 in 60 seconds. That's not how it works.
0: So do you think part of the problem is that, okay, you are less interested in sex, your libido has declined, you get the tap on the shoulder at sort of 2am, hey, honey, you know where this is going, it, it has that end point that you're talking about, so your notion of what sex involves is you are so not interested so it's relearning together as a couple um a whole different way of being intimate because for men in particular i feel and i'm i'm sorry men i don't mean to speak for you but i am um i i do believe that um physical intimacy is is vital to them feeling
1: intimate and loved so true and i think men really do want their partners to enjoy sex They just don't know how it happens. So you do see so many women faking an orgasm just to get the whole thing over and done with because, you know, the quicker she pretends to have an orgasm, the quicker it's all over. Maybe she does have an orgasm, but you end up with this sex script, which maybe in your 20s, you're playing around with different things and you started in different ways and it started in the car or it started in the bathroom or started in the kitchen. Now it is like, you know, tap on the shoulder, off go the pajama pants, the perfunctory act, on go the pyjama pants, we go off to sleep, it's all in the dark. It's very boring. Um, And somehow you've got to work on that together. The other thing is that what happens after menopause is for the vast majority of women, their vaginas are not what they used to be. And contrary to what has been said in The Godfather, so that every single person thinks that as they get older, their vagina gets bigger and floppier, that's actually not true. It actually gets smaller. MRI studies show that actually an older woman's vagina is actually much smaller than a younger woman's vagina, mainly because it's not, it's use it or lose it. And so it actually shrinks because, well, like any muscle, you know, if you don't run, your muscles in your legs get smaller. So it, it does get smaller. Um, but it often dries out and that makes lubrication much more difficult. And that makes tears more common, pain more common, uh, grazes more common. And for most of us, if something is associated with pain, that will be something that we try to avoid naturally, right? It's a, it's a natural thing. What we know about the symptoms of menopause is with hot flushes, for 19 out of 20 women, if you wait them out long enough, they'll go away. With the genitourinary syndrome of menopause, which encompasses a whole lot of things that happen in the bladder and the vagina, it gets worse. It inexorably gets worse year on year. And by age 65, 80% of women have some sort of genitourinary syndrome of menopause to the point where a large number simply cannot have sex. And the problem with that is, is if you don't address it, it gets worse month on month, year on year. And the amount to which we can restore your vagina actually decreases. So we'll never get her back fully to what she was for that we have medical treatments which do involve hormone replacement therapy directly into the vagina. That actually helps preserve the vagina, stops that sort of decline, but also prevents it ever getting to the point where you can't use it.
0: So I'm also hearing from that there is a bit of use it or lose it. You need to work this out and come to an accommodation that does involve some form of sexual relationship. It's not wait till I've finished menopause and then we can go back to business.
1: Oh, no, it's going to get worse. If you can't do it at 55, you certainly can't do it at 60 and you definitely like it's completely – even doing a pap smear at 65 is really, really difficult. What we know is that in my surgery what I see is that women whose vaginas have got drier and become less healthy, she doesn't enjoy sex as much. The sex script has become very boring Maybe his libido has gone down. We know that men don't achieve the same degree of, of uh, erection as they do when they're in their 20s. It's a smaller penis. It takes longer to ejaculate. So ironically, as yes, the woman's vagina is really thin and the last thing she wants is sex that lasts for 20 minutes, it's going to last at least 20 minutes in order for them to uh, orgasm. That's one of the ironies. And so it just becomes something that is not spoken about and both couples go to bed with the nighty and the pyjamas on and they just don't talk about it and then they realise it's been months. And maybe they go away for a nice dirty weekend away together and they expect a lot to happen It invariably disappoints and then they just don't talk about it again for another series of months. Some relationships are totally fine like that. If both members of the relationship have equally low libido and it's not an issue, then I don't really have a problem with it. But most of my patients, when I say, would you like to address that, they say, yeah, they'd like it. Maybe they don't want to go back to the sex that they were having at 50-51, which was seriously suboptimal, but they want to be able to enjoy sex again. And they'd like to go back to what they had maybe in their early 40s. Hmm.
0: Okay, and when you talked a moment ago to about both partners being with their pyjamas on in bed, the reality is our bodies change. We're not 25 anymore. Okay, neither is our partner. For women this is really confronting and it's kind of normal, isn't it, to seek validation from your partner. You're very aware perhaps that your knees might be going south, that your flesh is maybe a bit more dimpled, it doesn't have quite the tone and so taking your clothes off is – sometimes traumatic, um, and you want to feel loved. Um, Does this come into play with a lot of the work you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, interestingly, in 2021, I started focusing a lot more around undiagnosed eating disorders amongst my adult patients. We were seeing eating disorder numbers go up through the roof with teenagers but actually a lot of their mums had undiagnosed eating disorders as well. And there is a, an online questionnaire that you can do called the EDEQ and you can do it yourself and actually find out yourself whether you have an eating disorder. But if you, if you accidentally catch a sight of yourself in a mirror and feel sick, that's not normal. If you refuse to ever wear shorts because you don't want other people to see your legs, if you will never go swimming at the beach in front of people because you hate your body so much. And if that impacts the way you eat, or if you feel an enormous amount of guilt whenever you eat some sort of treat, then that is probably an undiagnosed eating disorder. And that will come across in the bedroom as well. And it's really, really, really common. The reality is it's very unlikely that you're going to catch a sight of your 60 or 70-year-old husband, you know, coming through the door and go, wow, whew, he is so hot. I just want to rip his clothes off right now. Um, that's probably not what's going to happen and probably vice versa. Not the same way that you might look at Brad Pitt or George Clooney or even some young guy that you see on the street and you can appreciate that the way you might appreciate an artwork, it doesn't mean you want to marry that person. And if our partners look at a young, sexy 25-year-old, that's an artwork. It's beautiful. I can appreciate a young 25-year-old woman's body as well. They're beautiful. Um, It doesn't mean that I want to leave my husband. You know, it just means that I can appreciate something beautiful and it shouldn't be confronting to us. And it certainly doesn't mean that our partners can't be aroused by our naked bodies, and by the things that we do with our naked bodies.
0: We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back. Okay, so if this episode is um, for men, what do you suggest when they have a partner that is feeling not body confident?
1: So I think that the old adage of, oh, you look so hot, you look so beautiful, if you're lying, um, you're Right she's not going to believe you and she'll probably be irritated. At the same time, I think saying things like, oh, have you gained a bit of weight? Or uh, you might want to rethink that dress, it doesn't look great, are probably not helpful. Um, She's not an idiot. She's probably noticed if she's gained some weight and probably doesn't need you to point it out. So I would pull your punches on that one. But what you can say to her is, I love these nights where it's just the two of us at home together. This is great. I love hanging out with you. Um, I love watching your smile. I, I love that smile because those things are so beautiful and they're so intimate and they're so special and they're only going to come from you. And that will help more than you know. Perfect finish.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today, Ginny. Thanks for having me. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you've gleaned some useful insights from today. In the show notes, you'll find a link to Dr. Ginny's great book, *The M Word*, and we'll be back next week with more information on thriving in menopause. I'm Andrea Javal, and I'll see you next time.